many places in Christ Jesus. We thank you that we're blessed coming in, we're blessed going out. Everything our hands touch is blessed. The blessings of the Lord makes us rich and adds no sorrow to it. We're blessed in the city, we're blessed in the field, we're blessed in the fruit of our womb. Our storehouses are blessed, our ground is blessed. God, and we receive these blessings, we command these blessings in Jesus' name. God, you will not withhold anything good from those who walk upright. So we just thank you, God. We thank you that because of Jesus Christ, God, you said you haven't seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. So, God, I call forth, God, more than enough to do, God, what need to be done in our households. God, so much, God, that is running over that we have to give it out, God. And the more we give out, God, the more comes in. We thank you, Father God, for every good gift. God, because it comes from above, God. There's no shadow of turning because it comes from you, God. And it is a good gift. So we thank you and we receive it right now by faith, God. We already have it in the name of Jesus. We owe no man nothing but to love him in Jesus' name. We are debt free in the name of Jesus, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. That we are financially secure in you, God. Nothing missing, nothing broken, God. In the name of Jesus. God, before anything show up, God. You have already fixed it. You have already done it. Because you know what we in the need of, God, even before we ask. So, God, our needs are met, God. On tonight, according to your riches and glory, by Christ Jesus. So we receive it, God, because it's already ours, God. We're not trying to obtain it. It's already ours, God. So we take it right now in the name of Jesus. God, everyone that owe us that's holding it back. God, I speak that there's a release right now in the name of Jesus. I speak that you're turning hearts towards us on tonight in Jesus' name. And God, they're doing, God, what they're supposed to do. And every hindering spirit that's hindering, God, this increase, we bind it right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that increase is raining down from heaven, even right now in the name of Jesus. And we receive that increase, God. I thank you, God, that our bank accounts are full. I call money forth in the bank, God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. That the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the just. And I thank you that we have it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah in Jesus name. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise for it right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. And God right now in the name of Jesus as you place it in our hands on tonight. God, we will not close our hands to the needs of others, God. But we will release, God, what's needed, God, for others as well, God. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory, God. We give you honor and we give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, you withholding nothing. So we thank you, God. We praise you. We praise you, God. And God, as we go forth in this word tonight, thank you, Father God, that the word bring us what we need. And we thank you, Father God, 
that our hearts are open and receptive to receive it in Jesus' name. And I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who live in me. And the life I live by faith, I live by the, the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and who has died for me. And God, I speak over every individual that's standing in this place right now, from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. Whatever sickness, whatever disease is trying to come in and overtake them. I command it to go right now in the name of Jesus. I command healing in this place in Jesus' name. I command allergies to bow down in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that we're not subject to sickness. Sickness bow down to us. Even when it tried to attack us, it bows down in Jesus' name. So we thank you that we are the healed, not going to be, but we are the healed of the Lord in Jesus' name. We're rising up off of our bed of affliction right now in the name of Jesus. We give you glory, God. We praise your name on tonight. For truly you are a good, good father. You are an awesome God. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy of glory. You are worthy of honor. And we honor you tonight, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah to your name. We praise you tonight, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. 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 God is so good, isn't he? He is so, so good. We're going to continue our teaching, dealing with pride. Um, I want to share something with you. God has an awesome way of doing things, and he'll use things to show us where we are with him and what he's bringing to us. I was sitting in my office today and I was studying, preparing myself for Bible study. And actually, um, this lady had called me and I was speaking over her on the phone, this lady on her lunch break. So as I was speaking to her on the phone, how about a bird? He came to my window or come to my window and he had a branch. It was a little bird with a branch in his beak. So I sat there, I said, oh, God, what are you showing me? He said, do you remember when the branch was brought back to Noah and it said that the flood was over? Oh, I give God glory. God has a way of doing things. He has a way of showing you things past our understanding. Amen. So I give God glory. God is just so awesome. And we have to pay attention to what he's doing. And I say, God, you didn't send him with a worm. You sent him with that little twig. So I thank you that everything you do lines up with your word. He came back with a twig. I said, well, okay, God, I'll take that one. So anytime you're looking for God to do something, it may not come the way you think it's going to come. God will bring things in an unusual way, and he wants us to see what he's doing through whatever he brings. Amen. So we've been talking about pride, and um, last week um, I went over that scripture again, Matthew 16, 24, and the Lord had me to break it down, 
And as he had me to break it down, we started with that first um, part of that verse, which says, Then says Jesus unto his disciples, God want us to make disciples of nations. So disciples are followers of Jesus Christ. They are learners of Jesus Christ. He said, if any man will come after me. So the first thing that we have to understand is we talked about you have to be willing to follow Jesus. He said, if any man come after me. So willing mean that you got to have a desire. You got to um, make up your mind. You got to be determined that I'm going to follow Jesus. When we truly make up our mind that we're following him outside of everything else. And I mean outside of family, outside of children, outside of our job. He has to be first and foremost in our lives. That's when you have really made up your mind that nothing else matters. I love my family. God, I even like. Sometimes love going to my job. I like the pay. But God, nothing is going to be above you. So I'm willing to follow you above everything else. That's a made up mind. I remember in the book of Nehemiah when they were building the wall. The Bible said in Nehemiah, the fourth chapter, that they had a mind to work. So being that they had a mind to work, they weren't paying attention to what was going on around them. They were coming together. They were with one mind. They were on one accord. They were focused on getting that wall up. So they had that mind to work. So we got to have a willingness to follow him. When you have a willingness to follow him, you're not putting him to the side. You putting him first and foremost, no matter what you have to do or no matter when it have, have to be done, you're saying, God, you're first and foremost. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things and all of these other things, these things shall be added unto me. We have to realize that's a promise. When God wrote the word, when he had the word written, these are all of his promises. And the Bible said all of his promises in Jesus is yes and in him is amen. It's not in us. It's not based on us because we couldn't keep them. It's based on him who's the one who don't go back on his word. He's the one that knows that he is God and not man, that he should lie. So we have to stay close to him instead of getting close to everything and other things. So we have to have a willingness to follow Jesus, a made up mind. We have to be determined to say, I'm going to follow him no matter what. I have that desire. And I gave you first Chronicles 28, nine, and this was talking about David when he was talking to his son, Solomon. And in that verse of scripture, he told him that he had to be willing you know, he had to have a willingness, really a made up mind to follow Jesus. So you can go back on that. And then I also um, went over denying yourself. You're not going to deny yourself until your mind is made up. We're not. Until you make up your mind, you're not going to deny you. Until you really determine to say, this is what I'm going to do, that's the end of it. When your mind is truly made up, People won't mess with you no more because you won't be moved. Because whatever God has planted, it shall not be rooted up, right? When God plants you even in a church, when he puts you as being a part of it, people should not be uh, moving you that easy. Because you know where God has put you, no matter what it looked like, no matter what it appeared to be, we don't move until God tells us to move. Some people use that excuse to say, well, God say my time is up. 
If you're getting taught, if you're getting what you need, why would God send you somewhere else? So those are the questions you ask people. Are you getting taught? Do someone have something uh, against you there? What's going on? Well, nothing, but God said it's my time to move. That don't line up with scripture. It doesn't. So this is why when, first of all, when you have a willing mind, when you're willing to follow him, you will deny yourself. The next verse say, deny yourself, disown, disregard, forsake, saying no to self and saying yes to God. That's what it means. He said, let him deny himself. He said, if you want to come after me, you got to deny yourself. It can't be no more about you. See, when we make it all about us, we're truly not following him. When it's all about what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it, you're not really following him. This is why Paul say, follow me as I follow Christ. You don't want to follow no one that's not in their word all the time. That just come to him when they need something. Don't spend that time with him. You don't want to follow a person like that when their lifestyle is not lining up with God's character, with God's way of doing, God's way of being. You don't want to follow a person like that. So he said, you got to deny yourself. Why? Because you were bought with the price. You're no longer your own. You belong to him. So everything that he has for you, that's what you should be taking joy joy in and saying, God, it's no longer I who live. I've been crucified with Christ. So my new life is in Christ. It's not about me no more. It's not about how I feel. It's not about this, that, or the other. It's all about you. So we have to stop and say, God, am I making this about me? Have we ever stopped and said, God, am I making this about me? Because sometimes when we don't want to shut up, we're making it about us. We want people to see our way. We want to make sure they see our way. But when we make it about God, whether you see it or not, there it is. Whoop, there it is. And go on about your business. Because I remember with my grandfather, when he would tell you something, and this is one thing when I was growing up, you just waiting for a whole lecture. He would say it one time. Once he said it one time, he told you no more. He didn't even bother you no more. He just told you how it was and he left it alone and he went about his business. Why? He did what he needed to do. He didn't sit there and pound it over your head to say, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? I'm not going to tell you no more. Didn't I tell you? He didn't do none of that. He just gave the word and kept it moving. So that's what we need to do. We need to give the word and we need to keep it moving because if God is sending you with his word, you don't have to try to make somebody eat it because the word takes care of itself. So when you give God people a word that says by his stripes, you are healed. You done gave the word. The word is going to do what you said. You just have to believe what the word is saying. And if they don't want to receive it, you gave them what God told you to give them. So we have to deny ourselves. That goes back to Mark 1, 15 through 20. This is when Jesus came in on the scene. They left what they were doing. They left their jobs. They left their father. They left all of it behind, and they began to follow Jesus. Why is Jesus using this? Because he said, in order to follow me, you can't be stuck on your job. You can't be stuck on your family. You can't put your job ahead of me. Meaning that I'm going to work so many hours because this is what I need. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ and you're following him, it ain't how many hours you're going to work on that job. It's what you're going to do for him first. 
So this is why they left everything to follow him. They left all that behind and said, here I am. That was a willingness. That was denying themselves. It was denying them of what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it. That's where God want us to be, to truly be a disciple of his. So we look at Galatians 2.20. Y'all know that one well. We're not going to go over that one. And we went over Philippians 3.7, how Paul was saying, He said, those things were important, valuable, or assets to me, but now I think they're worth nothing, liabilities, a loss. Because of Christ, not only those things, but I think that all things are worth nothing compared with the greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. We have to get to the point to say, is nothing better than him? And when we get to that point, we know we have truly disowned ourselves. He said, because of him, I have lost all those things. And now I know they are worthless. They're trash. This allows me to have Christ. When we get to that point that everything we have is worthless, we know we have truly denied ourselves. When we're not looking to those things, but we're looking to God. When we're not making those things our God, but we're looking to him and saying, God, here am I to do your will and not my own. I'm going to tell you something. God will set you up. As, as Deacon Newton said over there, he, he sought me up. That's what he'll do. God will see where you are when it comes to him. So the next part of this teaching, you know, God, he's always messing with me. Y'all, I'm telling you, if he wouldn't mess with me, y'all wouldn't get what you're getting. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. When he's messing with me, y'all be getting some good stuff. But during times of him messing with me, I'm telling you, I be messed with. But this is the other part that he gave me. Now, we know the last part of that verse says, when you have a willingness, when you deny yourself, then you can take up your cross and follow him. Then you will be ready, y'all, for battle. Because when you take up your cross and follow him, you're going to have some persecution. You're going to go through some suffering sometime. Just like he did in bearing that cross. So you're really ready to take up your cross because you're not making it about you. See, we're still talking about pride. A prideful person is always looking to themselves. It's all about me. I don't have to do that. No, I have a title now. I don't have to do that. What did Jesus do? Jesus come down off the throne and washed his disciples' feet. He, he forgot about who he was. He was representing God here on this earth. So he was humbly submitting himself and he was telling them, you know what? This is what I want you to do. And he washed the feet, y'all. Y'all know where them feet been? So Jesus did this for the disciples. So the next thing that God gave me for a part of this teaching, he said, prayers and um, pride stops you from praying for others. Pride will stop you from praying for others. Some people may say, I beg you to differ. I still pray for others, but I'm going to show you what God showed me. Sometimes we can get so caught up in me, myself, and I, and what you go through. You spend more time on you than you spend on others. That's a form of pride. You spend more time trying to say, God, I got to work on me more. God, I want to feel your presence. God, I want you here. And he's already here. So we do have some blockers in our lives, but prayer will stop us. 
I mean, pride will stop us from praying for others. And God began to remind me again of Luke 18. Y'all remember Luke 18, verse 11. The Pharisee stood alone and prayed or stood and prayed about himself. Because remember, he made the prayer about himself. He was trying to shine in the midst of God with everything that he has done. So in our prayers, if we're making about us and what we have done and we're putting down other people, well, I didn't do like this person done. I didn't do like that person done. So you should have healed me by now. God, I've been serving you for a long time. God, I go to church. God, I help the pastor. God, I'm faithful. So I should have this by now. God, what's wrong? If you spending most of your day crying over you, there's a soul that's lost. So in the midst of God giving me all of this, because I don't know about y'all sometime, sometime I can get alone with God and I just want to say, God, deal with me, right? So in that process of being alone with him, the tables turn. And God showed me this to give this tonight. He said, I, all of a sudden I begin to say, God, forget about me today. Forget about what I want to come to you with. I said, is somebody out there that needs you? Is somebody that's been crying out to you? God, show me that person. Show me what I need to give them today. Show me how I can bring whatever you want for them today. So after I had did my prayer and everything, and I was going back into Bible study, and God put somebody on my heart, I said, I'll call him in a minute, God. Ain't that something? I said, I'll call him in a minute. God, I'm getting back. I'm getting him a word. I'll call him in a minute. He said, "Uh uh-uh. He said, I need for you to do it now. I said, okay. So I called him, y'all. We had some church. We had some church. God is good, y'all. He knows what all of us need. But this is what I told God. I said, okay, God, I'm going to call him. And I hear what you're telling me to tell them. But give me the word from the word of God to give them what you're telling me to tell them. He took me directly to it. So what am I saying? When you're in prayer, you can't make it about you, your family. You can't be crying out all the time about what's happening to you. Because when you do, guess what happens? You ain't worrying about nobody else but you. I know all of us get overwhelmed sometimes with the cares of this world. And we want to make sure that, God, I'm where I need to be. All of us should ask God where we need to be. But it should be a time that we trust God so much that when things come to knock us down, we're saying, God, you already got me, but it's somebody else that don't know that you got them. So, God, I'm putting myself aside, even though I'm feeling down, even though I'm feeling like I'm feeling, I'm putting myself aside. And here am I, God, to intercede on somebody else's behalf that I don't even know, God, but I know you'll drop them in my spirit. I know when I don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit will pray through me. He'll pray for me. So, God, show me that one that's in need. Yes, I'm hurting, but, God, it ain't about me. It's about what you want to do in me and through me because, God, you got me. See, when you know that God has you, you, y'all know how it is when you were young and you wanted something from your daddy or your mama and you keep whining and you keep whining and, Willie, you keep whining. 
I got to have this. Keep talking about the same thing. You know I can pick on Willie. You, you keep talking about the same thing over and over again. Like they don't know what you wanted the first time. But you keep reminding them. Don't you know everybody got it and it's going to be out. I'm going to be the only one that don't have it. Don't you know mama? Go talk to daddy about that. I can't wait no longer. But when you have loving parents. And you know that they love you. When those thoughts come, you can say, no, mom and daddy got that. I don't have to go back to them no more. So let me tell you where God took me then. Oh, he's so good, y'all. He's a loving father. He took me to John 17. And I think everybody's familiar with John 17. This is when Jesus was praying to the father. And this is what Jesus said. And I want y'all to catch this. I'm only going to do this one verse. One verse. This is what Jesus said. These words, Jesus, these words spake Jesus. So he was in prayer. This is Jesus praying. These are the words that he spoke. And lifted up his eyes to heaven. Now look what Jesus done. When he was speaking, he lifted up his eyes to heaven. What was he doing? He was looking to his father. And then there's another thing. When you see people that's looking up to heaven, they can look up because they're not ashamed no more. It's not about them no more, y'all. I can look up and not be ashamed because of my past, Teresa. I can look up and not be ashamed because of what happened to me yesterday. I don't have to hold my head down when people looking at me funny. I can still look to him. So Jesus was looking to his father. And it's a verse in the um, Bible before we get there. So Jesus looked towards heaven. It says in Psalms 103.19, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens. And his kingdom rules over all. Who wouldn't look up where the kingdom rules over all? Who wouldn't look up knowing that the kingdom, y'all, even when Lazarus was in the grave, Jesus looked up. And he said, not because I don't believe you, God, not because of me, but because of those that are around me. So he knew I can look to my father. So see, when you're not thinking about you, you can look up to him and say, God ain't about me. In prayer, you got to look up to him. Don't even hold your head down. Begin to look up to him. That's what Jesus done. Now let me tell you another thing that Jesus done in this verse. He looked up to heaven and said, catch this, Father. See, we look at that word like it's just nothing. Father means he's acknowledging him. He's acknowledging his relationship with his father. He knew he had a relationship with his father. So he was looking up to heaven to his father because he said, You're my father. We have a relationship. I'm part of you. You're part of me. So until we recognize him, God, as our father and look to him, we're still looking to ourselves. So he looked at him as father. You got to acknowledge God as father. Just like here on this earth, we look at our dad and we know that we call them, some people sometimes say father, but they're not trying to disrespect God. 
But they look to their um, father, their earthly father or their dad, because if something go wrong, I'll give you an example. We had a young lady to come to our home and she was purchasing something from us. And she said, this is what she said, told my husband. If I go to the bank, y'all check this out. And the bank don't give it to me. I can go to my father and he'll give me all the cash that I need. She had an insurance that her daddy had her back. What am I saying? Jesus had an insurance of his father because he had a relationship with his father. He acknowledged his father. He knew his father so well so he can look up to him. Do we know God that well that we can look up to him when things go wrong in our life and when we really look up to him, we're really looking up to him and we don't have another plan but him. That's when we have really denied ourselves because when we say in God, I look to you, that means I ain't looking at nothing else. I'm not trying to do nothing else. Because God, you have already made a way for me. So it's not about me. God is all about you. Y'all ain't this good. I don't know about y'all. But God had me fired up. I said, Jesus, I hear you, God. I had to sit there, y'all, and repent. I said, God, I've still got areas in my life that I haven't turned over to you totally and completely. God, you want us to trust you to the point we always look up to you. There's no doubt in our mind that you cannot do it. That's why he said, I want my people. He said, I want you to look to me for everything. I don't want you to turn to the left or to the right. He said, I want you to look straight ahead and know that I am your father. I want you to know that I do have everything that you need. I want you to have such a relationship with me. No matter what bill comes, you say, my father in heaven already paid it. That's what he wants us to do. He said, that's when you get over pride. Because pride always try to find a way to fix something. But when God fix it, you don't have to go back and make it right. Because he makes it right the first time. First time. He died once and for all. He didn't have to get back on that cross again for you, Teresa. He said, I'm going to die one time for you and that one time of me dying. I'm not only going to save you, but I'm going to save your whole house. I'm going to do it once and for all. And the only thing you got to do is tell him what I've done once and for all. I'm not going back again. I shed it my blood. I don't have to shed no more. I've done it once and for all. Quit begging me for your family to be saved when you know that I already saved them. Just bind and loose what I already done. Lord, I ain't going to eat nothing else until you save them or die. Get off that fast now. Quick fast in a hurry. Because you out. You, we'll have a funeral. So Jesus acknowledged him, y'all. As his father. He was in relationship with him. And look at this scripture in Isaiah 63, 16. I'm reading out the Amplified. For surely you are our father. 
Even though Abraham, our ancestor, does not know us and Israel, Jacob, does not acknowledge us, you, O Lord, are still our father, our redeemer from everlasting is your name. That's where we got to be, y'all, to know that he is who he say he is. And he's not going to change because of our situation. Because he is our father. And he loved us that much. So Jesus did that first. Listen at what he did. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven. So we know he was lifting them up to his father. And guess what he said to his father? The hour has come. When you look at the hour in the Bible, it don't mean that hour right then. That's a way of him saying he know his time is coming. It's approaching. It's coming upon him. So I want y'all to catch this. He had to look to the father, right? He had to acknowledge him as the father. Now in John 12, 27 through 33, listen at this. This It's an expanded Bible. Now I'm very, my soul is troubled. Should I say, father, save me from this time, this hour? No, I came to this time so I could suffer. For this reason, I have come to this hour. Father, Bring glory to, glorify, honor your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have brought glory to, glorified it, and I will do it again. The crowd standing there who heard the voice said it was thunder, but others said an angel have spoken to him. Jesus said, respond that that voice for your sake, not mine. That voice was for your sake, not mine. Now is the time for the world to be judged. Now the ruler of this world, Satan, will be thrown down. If I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people towards me to myself. Jesus said this to show how, what kind of death he would die. So when Jesus said, the hour has come, I want y'all to think about this. And this is what God showed me. You may be at a time in your life and it may be an hour. Just like he's saying, he know it's coming. Or he know what was going to happen when it come. He knew he was going to be crucified. He knew the pains of death. He knew what he had to go through. So he was talking to the father because he knew it was coming. Are you at a place in your life that you in pain and you in agony, but you know through all this, what you're going through. I'm going to the next verse. Thank you, Jesus. The next verse says, Jesus recognized That through everything that he's going through, he said this. Glorify thy son. Why did he say glorify thy son? Through his death. And when you look at the death of Christ, what is so glorifying? So glorious about that? Because that's humiliation. This man is dying for sins that he didn't even commit. This man is being mocked. He's being ridiculed. He's being talked about. He's being, people are saying, you okay, save yourself. You saved, save yourself. But he didn't say a mumbling word because he was out to please the father, to carry out what the father had given him. So through his pain and through his suffering, he said, God, I'm going to be glorified because when I'm hung up on that cross, It's going to bring glory to you because it's bringing everlasting life to them. The end. That one verse. And that makes us think tonight. Am I glorifying him? Am I bringing the glory to his name? The way it need to be brought. 
Or I, am I still stuck on me, myself, and I? What about me? Everybody getting it except me. Who's getting the glory? Is it him or is it us? If it is us, then we have truly not denied ourselves and we're stuck in pride. Because when we're so worried about this person getting this and this person getting that, and I've been serving you all these years, why do I not have it? Are you going through like they're going through, like they're denying themselves through their pain, their hurt, but they're still moving forward for Christ? Regardless of what's going on in their life, they're still giving, even though it's not enough in their house. And they're not giving it because they're asked to give it. They're giving it because God is telling them to give it. Not to showboat or say, look what I did. Or not being ashamed because I'm giving a little might. I'm giving all I have. That's what I'm saying about humility. See, we we don't see pride, y'all, until you really study the scriptures. You really don't see where you are. That's why we have to take time in the word of God. Because, see, God will show you. And he'll see if you're going to trust him or not. Just like this weekend, I was telling y'all about a gentleman I had to minister to. And I'm going to share this with you to let you know that when you wait on God... God has a way of doing things past our finding out. Now, me and my husband, we had um, decided that we was getting rid of our um, Acra. And I love my Acra because God blessed me with that Acra. He showed me where to get it from, and I had a nice conversation with the lady I had, I had gotten it from, and she had kept the Acra up. And my last adventure with the Acra was when the battery went out, and we thought we had to buy another battery, and... The Lord led me to tell my husband, I believe, to call the lady about the battery. Uh, and guess what, y'all? The warranty was still on the battery, and this woman was going through. She told my husband she would take care of it where he can get a whole new battery. She took care of it and made sure he got a whole... Now, she already sold the vehicle over two years ago. But when God tells you to do something, you listen. So that's what we did. We, we got the new battery. We, we believe in keeping up what we have. We believe in, I don't care how old it is, to be faithful over what you have. And God will make you ruler over much. So we were faithful over that Acra. But it came a time that me and my husband came to the decision. We wanted something a little more roomier for the grandkids. He, he wanted something that could slide up and back in the back. The Acra had a third seat, but it couldn't, you know, give you more leg room in the back. So that was our heart. So we got rid of the Acra. And God told me who to give that Acra to to get rid of it to. He told me, he said, this is who was going to buy this Acra. So I mentioned it to my husband. A week went by, and I said, honey, I'm telling you, this is who God said that the Acra belonged to. Soon as this person, now look, God has a way of doing stuff. Now, the one that I told my husband about, he was mentioning it to somebody else in church, and they mentioned it to the person. That person got that car so quick, fast, in a hurry, it wasn't funny. Because God had already sought it up, as Rick said. So after they did that, we had already purchased the Nissan, right, y'all? Smooth transaction. So we're driving the Nissan and everything, and me and my husband just driving, and I said, every time we would see this person driving the Acra, I say, look at that anointing. Mm, 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 mm. 
Lord, look at Jesus. Look at that anointing. My husband said, I saw the Acura today. I saw it, and it's just such an anointing on that car. So I told a person, I said, that car is anointed. The glory is still on that car. I said, I will. God's going to give me another Acura. So I waited on the Lord, y'all. I said, Lord, you know my heart, and you know what I need to have, right? So we began to pray, and at the same time, my husband, I said, my husband said, Amanda, I need to tell you about, I ain't quite satisfied with this Nissan. He said, I ain't, I ain't quite satisfied with it. I said, okay, that's fine. I said, sell it. He, he looked at me like he was shocked. I said, get rid of it. So I said, matter of fact, put it in the yard. Put the for sale sign on it. I don't want to put it in the yard. I said, put it in the yard. My husband went at a for sale sign so quick, and he was back. Next thing I know, I looked out the window. It was in the yard. So here go the next step, y'all. I said, okay, God, now you know what my desire is, and you know what he wants. So show us. So we went looking. Y'all, we found the vehicle, right? But y'all know the vehicle take money, and y'all know the other car is sitting in the yard. So when we was in the dealership to get the vehicle, the gentleman said, come on, sign the papers. Tell Sign the papers. You can leave with it tonight. I said, nope. Come on and sign the papers. You can leave with it tonight. I mean four, five times telling us to sign. I said, no, I'm not signing no papers. I said, how about this? We'll give you money to hold it. But he said, just go ahead and sign the papers. You can go ahead and get it. I said, mm-mm. We're going to bring back cash. He said, okay, well, we'll hold it. We don't normally do that. So we went home that weekend, and I said, God, I don't want to owe no man nothing. I want to finance it. I want it out the door. So, God, I'm waiting on you. It ain't what I want, and if that ain't it, you got something else. But I'm going to wait on you, God, because you're God. And then the Holy Spirit say, command that vehicle that's in that yard, that Nissan, for someone who need that Nissan. I begin to command, I begin to bind, I begin to loose. Next thing I know, people were pulling up in the yard. Just like that. And they was telling my husband, well, let me think on it, I'll get back with you. And it was so funny because he had a Hispanic to call him. And she talking and he trying to understand her. I said, didn't I tell you you were going to have them to call? They were going to come look at that thing? Then another girl came. Sunday. Because this is what I told God. I want to pay that next one off. I want to put cash in their hand. The girl pulled up Sunday. Now, we're supposed to be back Monday by noon. She pulled up Sunday. And, no, she called him and told him. Let me tell you about this man. This man told me, it's the girl that want to look at the car. I said, she does? He said, yeah. He said, but I told her that she couldn't drive it because it's too much rain coming in. And I don't want to wash it again. And, uh. I said, you said what? I said, you get back on that phone and tell her to come drive this vehicle right now. And he called the girl. She said, I, I, I haven't gotten far. I turn around and come drive it. The girl got in it. And this is the kicker. She said, do you mind I be gone a little longer than usual? Because my daddy is a mechanic and I want him to check it out. I said, he said, sure, go ahead, take your time. The girl, come, the daddy come back and told my husband. He said, she's going to go to the bank, but I'm trying to let her get stuff on her own. But he told my husband, this is what I give you for it. Cash. Yes. Had cash in my hand, y'all. Yes, 
showed up Monday, had the cash in my hand, and the man had to call somebody else in the office to help him count it. He said, can you please help me count this right here? And let me tell you what God did with the vehicle. We had new tires. They put new tires all the way around it. Gave us four free tanks of gas. Already filled it up. Then turned around and took money off of it. And a free car wash as long as we have it. Now who wouldn't want to serve a God like this? So everybody know about my car, so don't be trying to sneak an ass. All right, Kathy? I pick on Evangelist Newton. That's our inside joke. So everybody knows, so nobody don't have to wonder, this is God's doing. This is how God does things. And y'all, I'm so appreciative at how God does things. Because God don't want us to owe no man nothing but to love him. He had a way of working it out from Friday to Monday. And it was no cash shown in between that time until the right time. See, when we wait on the Lord, he will renew our strength. And then we will mount up with what? And we will run and not get weary. We will walk and not faint. So when we wait on him and we trust in him, we bring in glory to him and it's not about us it's all about him amen isn't God a good God he knows what to do doesn't he and that was one verse y'all God will take one verse and give you what you need out of that one verse if you would just take the time to hear what he has to say amen do we have any announcements before we dismiss.